Great is His faithfulness. Yes. Amen. And He hears us. And we're about to go into prayer. Good morning for everyone who is here and those who are watching, those who are visiting or haven't been here in a while. God bless you. Pray the Lord would bless you. Lord, as we come before you now, still gathered in your names, we've sang songs to you. Lord, none of us in here wrote those songs. Nevertheless, so many of those lines speak to us as we speak to you. Some of those lines reflect where we are in seasons, reflect our thoughts, our heart toward you. And so, Lord, we worship you, we adore you, we love you. And Lord, we pray now in Jesus' name that you would minister to us through and by your word. And Lord, that you would now hear this prayer as we stand in the gap for so many, some who can't be here. Father, you know the requests that have been made, bad reports from the doctor. Father, those requests that have been made for those and we've prayed for them Wednesday, but I was reminded again yesterday that we need to keep these women in prayer who have received bad reports from the doctor. Father, we lift them to you again. And Father, so many who we don't know of by name right now, Father, but people in this room and people watching right now, Father, who would join in and say, yes, amen, I have a bad report from the doctor or my loved one or my friend or my co-worker. Lord, right now in Jesus' name, we pray that you would give healing, bring healing, be Jehovah Rapha. Father, in Jesus' name, let these people first and foremost be healed spiritually. Father, bind up the wounds. Father, bind them up. Father, they've been hurt spiritually. Many may have been part of a church, part of a congregation, or Father, they've wandered off, or they've been hurt by others in the church. Father, bind up their broken hearts. Father, restore a right spirit in them. Father, that they would receive you. They would receive your word. They would receive you as Jehovah Rapha and they can be healed. Father, thank you. Father, so many are suffering right now um, just in their finances. Lord, it's not easy. It's, and there have been so many things that have been said and done and so many doctrines and so many theologies and and. Father, just all of this stuff that gets in the way. You know, ask, and, and He's your Jehovah Jireh, and, and He's your provider. All of that is true, but Lord, please help us all, and those who are suffering specifically in those areas. Father, first and foremost, You must be God in our lives. You are our provider, but You are our God. And You must be God in our lives. So Lord, for all of the needs, for all of the wants, Father, for all of the prayers, for all of the intercession, Father, for everything, first and foremost, be God. Let us understand. Let us have a fresh touch, a fresh anointing. Let us understand truly what it means for you to be God in our lives. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray this prayer in all earnestness. I really feel, Lord, in my heart, that this cry to you is serious. It's not, Father, we need to get back to that place where we fear you, where we are in this awesome reverence of you. Father, we know 
what we need, what we think we need, the, the, the day-to-day things, Father. We know what we need, think we need spiritually, Father. We know uh, the healings and all of these spiritual things, Father, but we need, again, to go back to that place where we have this, this fear, this awesome reverence of You, Lord. Remind us of that. And help us, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Man, that could have been a message right there. I'm just letting it go. Amen? So, I'm going to uh, pick up a little bit and and just say, if if you can remember a couple of weeks ago where we were, um, we did snapshots of of Abraham. We looked at Abraham's life and we did it in snapshots. I want to go back to one of those snapshots. And this was... You know, more toward the end than toward the beginning of that walk that we went through. This was when Abraham was uh, at the tent of Mamre. He's already been separated by Lot, and he's in the door of the tent at Mamre. And we're going to pick up in Genesis 18, beginning in verse 10. And he said, I certainly return to you according to the time of life. Behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. See, remember, he was in the tent uh, at the opening of the tent, and he saw three men coming. These were three angels, one of which was Jesus, the angel of God, the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord Jesus. And he spoke to him. And that's what he's saying. He's there, 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 announcing that next year that uh, Sarah would give birth to their son. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I have grown old, shall I have pleasure? Behold... My Lord being also old. And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh? Saying, Shall I surely bear a child since I am old? In verse 14, look at it with me please. Now this is the angel of the Lord. This is Jesus speaking. Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time I will return to you according to the time of life and Sarah shall have a son. So, so is, anything, is anything too hard for the Lord? Amen. That, that, that is the tone and tenor. I, I think if the Lord allows me to continue where these notes are, that is the tone and tenor. There is nothing that is too hard for the Lord. Now we we'll see, we see because we've studied it together, and you know on your own, you know Abraham's life. This was at least a couple of decades after uh, the Lord had promised Abraham that he was going to be the father of many nations. This was after a lot of spiritual water, if you will, had been passed under the bridge. God had shown himself mighty in several times and spoke to, to Abraham by this time several times, continuing to promise him uh, and, 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 conf- and getting, establishing that covenant with him, if you will, and, and, and repeating the promise. Amen? Amen? Now this is now a couple of decades, and now they are both, both Abram, Abraham and Sarah are both very, very old. That's why... Sarah Lev, it's been all of these years. I'm past that point. So now it's going to happen? Yeah. Not disrespectful to God, but in, a, in, a, in herself. Right? Now, after all of these years, after all of this time, remember a couple of decades. And now Jesus says, this time next year, she's going to bear you a son. Why did she laugh? This is Jesus. Why would she laugh? But, but, but look at the statement. He, see that statement. Is it a question? Is, is Jesus asking a question for real? He's making a statement. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything impossible for the Lord? 
See, now some of you are, no. Yeah, some of you are shaking your head and you're saying no, and I'm sure some who are watching are, no, nothing is too difficult for the Lord. There's nothing impossible for the Lord. And you're right. But how much of, of Sarah is in us? Amen? Amen. So now let's go back. Let's go back and look at that one again. Verse 14, if you will. Uh, the, go to the next one, if you will. Yes, thank you, Addy. Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you. That's, that's key. That's key. At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. There's an appointed time. God, had, God has a plan. His plan is perfect. Sometimes I get in the way of the plan because I think my plan may be a little better. I need to help God out a little bit. We've already discussed that and went over it. You know, Abraham uh, and, and, and Sarah did that, right? Uh, let's, go, let's use Hagar as a surrogate and we can have your son through Hagar, the handmaiden. How'd that work out for him? Okay, so, so you see, my brothers and sisters, sometimes with good intentions, Tony is going to go in there and he's going to help God just a little bit. I wonder what that does to God's timing. God already knew. God already knew that I was going to do that. Right? All things work together for good. So God is going to go ahead and turn that around and he's going to go ahead and allow that thing which he planned, that purpose, that plan that he had for me, it's going to be worked out. But it's going to be worked out in his time. He's going to do it when his time is right. And that time is not always going to... In fact, I'll guarantee you, it's not going to be the most convenient time for you. It's not going to be the most convenient. You're, listen, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm an American, man. I'm a Christian first, but I still got that American culture in me. We want it now. Everything instant. Just make the phone call right now. I don't even have to go to a grocery store. I can make the phone call and I can deliver it to my doorstep. I can get on Amazon. I get almost anything delivered to me. And if I pay enough, I can get it the next day. Most of the time. Come on now. You know what I'm talking about. So, so we don't, do we treat God like Amazon? I, I want this. I'm praying for it. God says pray. We're studying Philippians. Make your prayer supplication. Right? Yeah, right? We ask. And He wants us to ask Him. He wants us to go to Him. We have to acknowledge He's our provider and for all things we go to Him. Amen? Amen. Amen. But look at this. This is decades. Abraham is still believing. He's still believing. But at the appointed time, I'll return to you. Amen? Now I've testified to you before, but I know there might be other testimonies in here and maybe uh, surely from all those folks who are watching digitally. Um... When Michelle and I were very young, and we had uh, we were living in a little trailer, um, and we had Rachel and Anthony, I was praying for a blessing that we could have something just a little bit bigger, um, you know. And we were both working pretty hard and doing our things. We had our parents, of course, to help us, but there was still I, I wanted to, and and I prayed, and I prayed, and and the Lord impressed on my heart to fast and pray. And I really and I was a baby relatively young Christian then. And I felt impressed to pray. I'm sorry, to fast for three days and pray. So I called my dad and um, my dad was an elder in the church and I said, Listen, I, I really feel uh, you know, the Lord is speaking to me 
and telling me to fast for three days. And, and the Lord really laid on my heart, fast for three days and you'll, you'll receive a blessing. But it's going to be in my timing, not yours. I, 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 just what I just said to you, that's exactly what I heard. And it's just as real to me now as it was back then. But being a young Christian, I called my dad, elder of the church. I said, listen, here's, I really feel Holy Spirit, the Lord has spoken to my heart. What do you think? He said, I think you should do it. <laughs> I think you should fast and pray. I think you should fast for three days and pray. So I did. We fa- I fasted for three days. I prayed. And um, listen, in no way uh, am I trying to elevate myself or Michelle. Or we're the same as you. Okay? I'm just giving you an example. Okay, so so I did, and so there was a piece of property that uh, builders, my mom and dad, my aunt and uncle, my grandmother. There was this couple of neighborhoods that were close by, and there was a builder, and they happened to be Christian home builders. And um, there was uh, one or two pieces of property in this one little subdivision that were left, and there was this one piece of property, and I inquired about how much it would be and all this other stuff, and sat down with the builder and talked it out. And uh, started, you know, going back and forth with them and uh, seeing how much work we could do ourselves to knock the price down because we didn't have that much money. And so, you know, I'm praying and, you know, just going at it and going after it. And I did the thing. I, I, I fasted for three days. I prayed. And I'm going to tell you something else I did. And I just was reminded of that when we were singing that last song. It was taking a while. I wasn't hearing anything back, right? And so uh, one day I decided I'm going to do the Jericho March. And so I went out there and I'm praying and I got my Bible under my left arm and I'm raising my hand and I'm circling his property. And I'm just walking around that property. Now, I don't know how many times I had done it and I could see one of the neighbor's kids peeking through (laughs) the side of the building and I could just imagine what they were thinking. This guy is nuts. I hope he don't get this property. <laughs> and I'm circling that property, and I'm praying, and I'm giving it to God as good as I know how. Just a baby Christian at the time. And then I met with the, uh, the owner of the business, the builder, who owned the lot and who owned the business as it relates to the build. He, they, they, you got to build their house. And uh, sat down with them, and we went over the paperwork together and all this other stuff. And by the time we worked out all of the nickels, dimes, quarters, and pennies, I was still short. And so he looks across his desk for me. I'll never forget it. He looked across the desk for me. He said, okay, listen. He says, this is a one-time only deal. Nobody in your family gets it. Nobody else will ever get a deal like this. I'm going to knock that, however many thousand, it was $4,000. I'm going to knock that Four thousand dollars off the price of the house. We're gonna. We got a deal. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! My timing, not yours. It had to be worked out. God had a plan. I'm wondering, God, is this ever going to happen? God, and I'm doing the march, and I'm doing everything I know how to do, and I'm not, and it's still not looking good. But then sat down with them, and then you sit down with them, and then the bottom line still don't look good. But God had a plan. Amen? Is anything impossible with God? No. No, nothing's impossible with God. So now, you know, let's go to the New Testament. In the New Testament, I want to remind you, and many of you, you all are going to know about this story. Remember Mary. 
who was a spouse of Joseph. We're going to be in Luke chapter 1. And Mary, who was a spouse, Mary was engaged to Joseph. And she gets a visit from Gabriel. So we're going to pick up where Gabriel has already announced to her uh, what's going to happen. And so he's saying all of these things. He also tells her about her cousin Elizabeth who's going to give uh, birth to a child. But now here's what it, we're going to pick up in verse 34 of chapter 1 Luke. Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I don't know a man? How could this be? I'm a virgin. How can I give birth? I, I'm, a, I'm a virgin. How, how could this happen? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. This is not going to be... the Your husband is not going to be the one that fathers this one. It's going to be the Holy Spirit overshadowing. The Holy One is going to overshadow. This is going to be... Listen... This is going to be a miracle. This is going to be a sign. This is going to be a wonder. The virgin is going to give birth. Just like I said thousands of years ago. The virgin is going to give birth. Amen? So now, listen, look at me with, uh, on verse 36. Look at the response. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. Hear that? For with God, nothing will be impossible. You, you see that? Also, John the Baptist's mother was barren. She could not give birth. Then all of a sudden, they were able to hurt Zechariah, John the Baptist's father, and the mother were able to conceive and give birth to John the Baptist. Another sign, another wonder, right? Only this one wasn't conceived of the Holy Spirit. This was a, a miracle like Abraham, similar to Abraham and Sarah, where they're now at their old age. Those years have passed them by. But God, God had a plan. Nothing is impossible with God. And those, those people... Right? Zechariah and Elizabeth could not conceive. But when God's timing, according to God's will, according to God's plan, it didn't matter what was possible physically. It didn't matter what they thought was impossible. It didn't matter their feelings about it. It didn't matter about what their relatives said. It didn't matter what the local doctor said. It didn't matter. Nothing is impossible with God. Hallelujah. With God. Physical. Listen. For them, and we've just seen these two, physically, it does, God can do what God can do. They were barren. Who? They. Sarah was barren. Elizabeth, barren. But God at the appointed time said, this is what's going to happen, and it happened. So, okay, so, so many of us, some of us have suffered that ill. Some of us have not been able to conceive. Well, give it to God. Give it to God. Here's the other thing. How about a bad report from the doctor? We've just prayed about a bad report that a handful and we've been asked to pray and we're interceding for. What about that? Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. A bad report from the doctor doesn't mean that it has to be that way. We have cancer survivors in this room. I know we have some listening. My brothers and sisters, a bad report from the... There, nothing is impossible with God. I'm about to be fired. How many of you have been fired from a job before? 
Nothing is impossible with God. That's it. I've lost my livelihood. What am I going to do? <clears throat> Jehovah Jireh is my provider. Nothing is impossible with God. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How about this? Even like to Mary and Joseph. I want to read to you now real quick. Let's go back to Luke 1 and verse 38. This is Mary's response. Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed. Look at her response. Now watch. This is not that big of a deal. And I said this years ago and I lost people. Why? Because in our culture, giving birth out of wedlock is very common. So it's not as big a deal. It's not, you know, <gasps> shunned. It's not a social moray. It's, it's not, there's nothing negative about it anymore. It's negative. It's negative. That's why we have so many young people right now who don't know which way is up. Why? Because they have not grown up in a home where mama and daddy are dedicated to the Lord Jesus Christ. Where mama and daddy are, are showing them what a committed life looks like. What a committed love life looks like. Committed to each other through thick and thin. No matter what they feel. No matter how bad it is. No matter how good it is. We're committed. That's what love looks like. Amen? You're committed. And you do the right thing even when it's tough. That's why our kids up is down, down is up, right is wrong. Wrong is right. There is a standard. And God go, went ahead and He let us know what His standard was. And it's not just because He wants to keep us under His thumb. He's the one who created us. And He's the one who knows what... Listen, how this thing turns out. He knows what's best for us. He did it that way so that, my brothers and sisters, when our kids grow up, they're seeing a good example of what a loving, committed relationship looks like. Therefore, they enter and when it doesn't look that way, they know... I don't know why I went there, but hopefully some of you do. So Mary and Joseph, now to Mary, when she's saying, let this be unto your maidservant, let it be, she knows what's about to happen to her. She knows that she's going to be an outcast. She knows that she's subject to being stoned to death, to being put to death. Okay, God, if that's what you want, let it bring it on. What? Are you kidding me? So look, nothing is impossible with God. But listen, we got to understand. We got to understand. It costs you something. It's going to cost you something. Anything worth having is going to cost you something, isn't it? Listen, God thought that you, you were valuable enough that He sent His one and only Son to buy you. Amen? It costs God everything to have you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No one can tell you, me, or any of us. Young people, man, I don't care. Young men, young women, you don't need a person to tell you that you are valuable. You don't need the attention of somebody that go so that your self-esteem could be lifted up. No! God loves you. God is the one who values you. It doesn't matter what any person, man, woman, child, no matter who you think is important in your life, it doesn't matter. God is the most important. He's the one that made you, and He's the one that died for you. You are valuable. You should have some esteem. But listen, make sure that it's not misplaced. It's in Christ. In Christ. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I feel like I'm preaching to somebody, but I don't know who. 
Hallelujah. My brothers and sisters, listen, maybe it's to me. My brothers and sisters, we, our children are suffering. They're suffering. So now look, our children, are, uh, they don't want to be social pariahs. And they're being told that these are the norms. In that situation, she would have, and rightfully, I mean, it, um, it, um, it was a sin. She would have been in sin if that would have been through relations with a man. It would have been sin. But listen, aside from that, she knows that she is going to be an outcast. She knows that she's running the risk that her own family would run her off or try to stone her. Her own family. And we're worried about if somebody in our family finds out that we're born again. We're worried about some of our old friends that we used to hang with, what they're going to think if they find out that I'm born again. We're going to worry about what somebody thinks. Now, you know, I'm a graduate. I've got, this, I got all these letters after my name and before my name, PhD, MM, whatever. I've got all, MBA. I, I got all, yeah, I'm highly educated. Phooey. Who cares? Take that diploma. Take that degree. And when you stand before God, unroll it and show it to God. And I am not in any way saying that you should not be educated, so don't misunderstand this preacher. But here's what I'm saying. We are worried about so many of these other things. And we're depending on so many of these other things. This, look at this young girl, this, this teenage girl says, let it be unto your maidservant. Let your word be done. Your will be done, Lord. Your will be done. I'm willing to take the consequences. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Nothing is impossible. We have so many cultural pressures on our young people and even now our older people. It's going to get worse. The heat will be turned up. There's coming a time in the not too distant future if things continue on the path that they're on where you're not even going to be able to get food or clothing or electricity or anything else unless you bow to the feet of the government. I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, don't take the mark. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming on us quickly. And I see a lot of you nodding yes. You know the signs are here. Okay, but, but listen. That, just by virtue of you knowing that it's coming doesn't mean that you're going to be able to withstand the pressure. It's going to be hard. It's going to be, it's going to be tough. Nothing's impossible with God. Nothing's impossible with God. Amen? All right. So I want to... So, so now, Tony, you're, you're, I'm, I feel like I'm all over the map. Did I lose anybody? Good. Listen. <clears throat> we have this day-to-day that we need to be in the middle of. And we have these people that are around us. Some Christians, some not Christians. Some say they're Christians, but they maybe not be. Maybe, you know, so we have all of these things constant. And we have these, these, these pressures... If you're an adult raising kids, making a home, if you're a young person, man, you've got to make the grades and you still, you know, you've got this social pressure with the social media, with your, the friends that you're running with, with uh, members of the, uh, the opposite sex, boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever. You have all of this stuff constant. So, so, so how, did, how is that affecting the things that we do? Greatly. Greatly. Because somewhere along the line, we have to be able to be the Mary or be the Abraham and just trust Him. And watch, 
wait, 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 wait. 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 The problem for me, and maybe some of you, is in the waiting. Right? We get to maybe feeling like, did God hear me? Did I do something wrong? Am I not holy enough? I'll tell you right now, no. That wasn't funny. He is holy. We are striving to be in Him. And the righteousness of God, we are in Christ Jesus. Jesus is our prize. Jesus is our goal. Amen? Amen. And, we, and what does all that mean, Tony? That's good talk, but what does all that mean? That means the only way that we know what to do, how to do it, the, 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 the total revelation of God and His will is in Christ. And the only way we know Christ is in His Word. So if you don't want to read, you're going to be in trouble. Okay, Tony, I, I hear that all the time. Now you're going to say, read and pray. Yeah, I, I am. And, and so I'm going to also tell you, look, if you're not reading and praying, and reading is good, but you've got to study and you've got to understand what you're reading. Okay? So it's not just a matter of, well, Pastor Tony says read, so I'm going to read. I'm going to make sure I get you know, a couple chapters. And I know I say this frequently. I know I do. So all of my critics, don't email me. Don't complain about me. I know. I'm just telling you. But maybe if you would do that, instead of complaining about it, you'd understand why I'm saying it to some people who maybe didn't hear it enough yet. Come on. So now watch. I'm reading. I'm praying. Now I'm getting this. I, I understand. I see Jesus. I don't just read the Gospels and, and see, okay, this, this is history. I see Jesus walking. Oh, he did some signs, wonders, and miracles. No. Now all of a sudden, I, I, I read these Gospels and I see the revelation of God. I see God. He says, listen, he says, you, you're going to die in your sins unless you, unless you, listen, acknowledge me or know that I am. He said that to his, the religious people. You're going to die in your sins unless you know that I am. What is he saying? You're going to die. Unless you see me as God, you're going to die. You're going to be lost. So now I need to know that when I'm reading this gospel, these gospels, I need to know that this Jesus that I'm seeing, he's God. That's the revelation of God. So now I see what the character is, is of God. And when he says to me, do these things. And when he says to me, listen, don't marvel at these things that I'm doing. These things you shall do in greater. When he tells me that I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, you need to receive the Holy Spirit so that you can be endued with power that you can be my witnesses, then I've got to make sure that I'm getting every bit of Holy Spirit that I can get and not just get saved and that's all the Holy Spirit I'm ever going to get. You can't, no, all of this stuff is important. Tony, I've heard you say that before. Yeah, but all of this stuff is important. And if you want to be able to be that person or those people or be able to fulfill those things that God has called you to, you have to know that. No, you have to walk in it. You have to know it. You have to know that there's going to be times where you're going to be waiting. And in the waiting, it's not by yourself. It's not, uh uh-oh. Now, in the waiting, because you're reading and you're praying, 
because you're being filled with Holy Spirit and you're, call upon, you're calling upon grace. Now all of a sudden, the waiting isn't as bad. Oh, I'm not going to say it's going to be pleasant all the time. But even in the waiting, you're growing. Amen? Hallelujah. The last night that Jesus spent before He was murdered, remember the Last Supper, Jesus said to His disciples in uh, Matthew 19, Assuredly I say to you that it is hard for a rich man... To, oh, I apologize. I got my, I, I, I'm going to go there next. No, this is when... Um, please forgive me. This is when um, the rich man, the young rich man came to Him. The young rich man came to him and said, Good master, what must I do to be saved? Remember that? And Jesus said, Well, you know the commandments. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not... And he said, All of these things I've done for my youth. He says, Yes, you're lacking one thing. What is that? Sell everything you have and give to the poor. And the young man walked away, right? He was distraught. He, didn't want... he had a lot of riches and he walked away distraught. Now we are in Matthew 19, 23. Jesus said to his disciples, Sure, I say to you that it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And again I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Amen? We remember that, right? Now listen. When his disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished, saying, who then could be saved? You see that? Who then could be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said to them, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Did you see that? Okay, watch. Now you know this. I've taught you this before. Who then could be saved? His apostles were taken back. Why? Because in that culture, in that system, they automatically thought that when someone was rich and being blessed, they were being blessed by God. They were pleasing God, and then God was providing their blessing. So now they're seeing that, and they're saying, well, if a rich man can't even get to heaven, then what chance do I have? Are you, are you seeing that? So, so was that, that belief that they had, was that truth? No. The initial belief that they had was just cultural. It was just societal. It was just something that was thought upon. Something that was... Are you with me? Well, look at all these people that are well off. They're blessed. They're happy. That must be because of God. Look at them. They're happy. So look at in our culture and our society. Who are the people that get listened to the most? The celebrities. The people that have a lot of money and they have a platform. Come on. We put these athletes on pedestals. And because they're rich and they have all of this money, they get out there and they start spewing this stuff to our children. We have these uh, celebrities, these Hollywood celebrities. They get up, they got a lot of money, they start spewing this stuff. And then, you know, it's... Come on. Rich people, uh, these corporate how do you do's that have all of this money, they, they had a great idea and, then, and they, they, you know, they, they, had the, they, they were able to do something and they were able to go ahead and you know, build something in their garage and it turned into Microsoft and blah, blah, blah. You know the scoop. And now all of a sudden they espouse these things and everybody listens to them. Now, we may not attribute that to God consciously. But look at the way the culture and the society is going. In that direction. Look at who people believe and who they're attracted to the most. So we may not confess it with our mouths and we may not consciously make that decision that these people are following God. But in effect, 
we almost give them some kind of a deity status because we're believing what's coming out of their mouths when God may be saying something totally different. Come on now. Man, I feel like there was just, you know, like it was boiling and then somebody put a pot and shut the, turned the heat down. Got, got a little bit, did I just pop the bubble? No, see, now, now watch, listen. You understand this? So it's the same with us. There are societal pressures. There are some social norms that we ascribe to. Let me, let me say this. And, and it may not be... How about the lies and the propaganda? The specific... Now, some of those people, in all, with all due respect, they may be wrong. They're sincere, but they're sincerely wrong. Okay? Alright. And they may have good intentions, but good intentions don't line up with the truth all the time. Okay, so now watch. Now, now there are others who flat out lie. And they'll flat out give propaganda. It's happening all the time. People who know they're lying, but they'll say it anyway to steer the culture and steer the society. Now, come on, tell me that I'm wrong. It's been done. This isn't, there's nothing new under the sun, Solomon says. There's nothing new. It's been done. It's being done now. Our children are being lied to. We're being lied to all the time. But we continue to buy it, and, 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 and not all of us, but we continue to, to let that influence the culture and society, what the norms become. Come on. Come on. Well, Tony, what does that mean? What, big deal, what does that mean? Well, 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 watch. It's the same thing. These people, these, these, they're standing side by side. They're living night and day with Jesus. And so then, Jesus says that to them and they're taken back. <gasps> Then who, can, then, it's, then who can be saved? The answer is, no one by themselves. With God, all things are possible. So when Jesus right there is saying, look at, when Jesus is saying right there, it's, 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 harder for a camel to, it's harder for a rich man to get into heaven than a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Still possible, according to what Jesus just said. What's impossible to us is possible with God. He said it's hard. It's hard. Who then could be saved? So how much of that stuff do we let get on us? The cultural norms, the societal things, the, the propaganda, the lies. And it's not just out there. It's in the church. What about the false teaching? In the educational system? Absolutely. Our kids are being taught some stuff that is just not true. Just flat out say it. And then, I'm going to give you an example. And I'm not trying to get political, but I'm just going to give you an example. It is, you know that things have gotten really, really, really bad when you have to try to pass a law that says, from kindergarten through the third grade, children should not be taught about sex. And they should not be taught about LGBTQ, transgenderism or anything. Let's leave them at home. Let's let them be kids. Now, there's a law that's being passed. Now, the propaganda says it's uh, don't say gay. That's not what the law is. has nothing to do with that. Not at all. I've seen high school students on TV. They're, uh, they're, they've, 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 they've hook, line, and sinker. They're believing the lies, the societal stuff. They're believing the lies, this false stuff that's being taught in schools in colleges, universities, all of this stuff that's being taught. They're believing this. So now they're told that this law says that, and the law is not saying that. 
The law is just saying, let the parents be parents, let the kids be kids. Are you kidding me right now? I mean, I know some of you, my, my, my granddaughter's in here, and all that, Pop-Pop's old and all that. But man, when I was a kid, man, that, that didn't mean nothing to me. I wanted to ride bikes. I wanted to go ahead and the, bet, the, the, the worst thing that I wanted to do with a girl is just pull her hair or something and make her, ah, that was it. You're laughing, but it's true. I wanted to ride bikes. I wanted to play ball. I wanted to do all of those things. Thank God I was in an environment where my mom and man, it was great. Spend time with the family, have good, you know, that's it. It was being a kid. Now we got to brainwash the kid from the time that they're in kindergarten. We're going to start talking to them about transgenderism and we're going to talk to them about sex. Even if it was just straight sex, who cares? Leave it alone. Let them be kids. Come on now. And so that's so now because that oh, oh no no now we gotta now we gotta say something false. Well it's don't say gay. It's not that. That's all that that is, is my understanding. My brothers and sisters, it's in the educational system and it's in churches. It's unbelievable the way we're dumbing down or we're 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 making this gospel a little bit different than what it actually is. Yeah, I, I got my sister... Is, are you reminding me? Is it about that? Is that what you were doing? Or you just, no, okay. Yeah, because sometimes it's about that. Show me the money. I'm not saying all, so please hear me. And I'm not throwing stones at other uh, denominations or churches or anything like that. But what I'm saying to you, my brothers and sisters, listen, you, you can't... Just like those apostles were taken back, they're standing there with the Lord, and they're seeing that. Well, who could be saved? What, you know, what... Because they were taught falsely. Society taught them something and there was no person or no people, no priest, no Pharisee, no scribe. No one was teaching them anything different. Yeah, you all, you need to be down there somewhere. You need us to read the word to you and interpret the word for you. And then, you know, but we're the ones that are close to God. Oh, and by the way, they were the ones that were the most well off. Come on now. You don't need me to interpret Scripture for you. Some of you do. And some. And listen, all of you do from time to time. Amen. But my brothers and sisters, this is what the Scripture says. Holy Spirit now is in you like He's in me. He may go ahead and give me a word right now to say to you, confirming something in your heart, confirming, con- confirming something in your mind, something, something where you've already studied it. You already know this, but now you're hearing it spitting and spewing from this pastor, and you say, okay, Holy Spirit, I got you. Any... any have ever happened to anybody? Okay, so, so that's what this is. This is about that. It's about coming together, hearing a message, and having God by Holy Spirit. Listen, both speak to you in prayer time or in your quiet time, and then go ahead and give you confirmation right here, right now. Amen? So look, let's go there. So whatever you've been contemplating, some of these things and some of the things that you've been hearing from this group, that group, the other group, how does it line up with this? How does it line up with this? Don't make your decisions based on this group, that group, the other group. Don't let them infect your mind. Don't let them change the way you think or plant a seed in there. Let this, let, this is the seed. Jesus, what, what about that, the, the uh, parable of the seed and the sower? What was the seed? Word of God. So whenever the society, culture, false teachers, all of these other 
uh, places where you can have people that's trying to influence or doctrines or theologies trying to influence you. Make sure that this is the seed that's being planted in your mind. And, and then what grows is growing from this, not from anything else. Amen? And listen, I'm not criticizing your families, your churches, or whatever. All I'm saying is make sure it lines up with this 100%. Amen. Not close, right on the money. Amen? And the Lord will give you he will, he will bring to you everything that you need. If you're really following after the Lord, He's going to bring you confirmation. Something's going to happen and you're going to know that you know. Amen? Now, I want to remind you, in Ephesians 4, 14, just write it down, look it up later. Ephesians 4, we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men. Did you hear that? By the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. So watch, I'm growing in him, right? I'm not listening to all, God is telling us right now. There are all of these people who are espousing all of these things, whether it's in a church, out of a church, on Christian TV, not on Christian TV, it's secular. But these are evil people who are trying to, listen, plant thoughts in your mind, trying to steer you, trying to steer the culture, be aware of it. He's, he wants you to be aware of it. But look what it says. That speaking the truth in love. You may grow up. Remember last week's message? Are you growing? Are you growing? And what are the... You know, how do you determine? What are the metrics? How do you know you're growing? Amen? First Timothy 4. Verse 1, now the Spirit expressly says in the latter times, some will depart from the faith. You would have been there to get out of it. Some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Do you hear that? Does, listen, so, so when I'm saying these things, am I, am I getting out of hand? Am I uh, embellishing? Am I getting too concerned? The Bible is warning us of that. God Himself, through His ministers, is saying that. That is the Word of God. Saying, look at, don't be led. Don't let them plant thoughts in your head. Don't let them change. Listen, you need to think like I think. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So now I want to get to that situation I almost got to earlier. You would have been happy because then the message would have been over by now. <laughs> no. Now this was on the last night when they, were, they had the Last Supper before Jesus was murdered. Okay, they, they had the Last Supper and, and Jesus says in uh, Luke 22, beginning verse 31, the Lord said to Peter, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. But he said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Then he said, Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster won't crow this day before you will deny me three times that you even knew me. So, I, so now watch. Christians, this is to Christians. This is to Christians. If you're, if you're born again and you, 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 know, you just know you're heaven bound and all that, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Not trying to change your mind. But look at Peter. Just spent three and a half years with him. He started to walk on water. He was, he was the one, he, he, he got out of the boat. He took a couple steps. Yes, he, 
He was willing to defend Jesus. He pulled out the sword. He cut off Malchus' ear. He just didn't know to do with it when it came off. Jesus did. But, but my brothers and sisters, look, look. This is Peter, that Peter. But look at what it says. Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. Sift you as wheat. You feel like you're being sifted in this day and age? I'm going to tell you, I know some men of God, I'm talking about, have served the Lord for a long time and they feel it. I know that there are a lot of pastors, especially with small churches, that are just giving up. The pressure is great. I'm not criticizing them. I'm not criticizing anybody. Hear my heart. My heart goes out to them. I know what they're going through. But my brothers and sisters, you might not, you might not even be a minister, a pastor, a preacher, a teacher. Maybe in your work, you're a Christian. And you, man, it's just, it gets hard sometimes. And you, you, you're, you know you're the oddball. Then you know you're doing it right. But man, it doesn't mean you're feeling that pressure. You're feeling the grating. You know what a, you know what a sifter does? It's going to separate. So now, Satan wasn't looking to separate Peter for a good thing. He's looking to break him away from the flock. So you ever feel like you're being sifted? The enemy is just beating you about the head. It just seems like every time you turn around, something's gone wrong. You're praying. You're doing what you think you should be doing. You're reading. But just every time you turn around, something else goes wrong. The pre- I mean, you're working hard. You're being diligent. You know, people around you, some, you know, you've got the fair weather friends. Then you've got the friends that are no friends at all. Come on now. You've got the family who, who loves you, but just as long as you don't bring that around here. Come on. See, all of these things, man, it's... How about this? I'm talking to Christians. I'm talking... You've messed up. And you know you messed up. And you've asked for forgiveness and you can't just get over it. I can only tell you this. His word says, if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if you confess that sin, and you meant it with your heart, and you truly repented that, God, I don't want to do this anymore, but I keep finding myself in this position, and it keeps... Father, I keep thinking these negative thoughts. I keep having these visions. I keep, I keep you know, seeing those things that I shouldn't have seen, and, and I, 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 these images come back to me. I've, I've done these things that I shouldn't have done, and they, they just keep coming back in my memory. And I, so does that mean I'm, 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 I'm not forgiven or what? Confess your sin. If you mean it with your heart, you're forgiven. Receive your forgiveness. Receive it. You're forgiven. If you don't receive your forgiveness, if you just say, well, that, I, you know, I was too bad, or you know, I still, the enemy, I, mean, I'm, I still have this in my memory. You know what? <laughs> you're saying, God, you're not able to do that. No, God is able. See, God isn't like me or you. And God tried to tell us that. He says, when you, when you confess that, I throw it as far as east is from west. From you. 
See, God is trying to tell us something. I'm not like you. You, you can't, you can't, listen, you, know, see, you have trouble t- sometimes for, forgiving and forgetting, but I'm not like you. So when you confess it, I'm throwing it as far as east from, is from the west. I throw it into the sea of forgetfulness. So I want to tell somebody, maybe not in this room, maybe you're watching, you've done it, God knows you did it, you've confessed it, if you meant that you were truly sorry for it, receive your forgiveness. He is a just God. He is a merciful God. And He does not, listen, He does not say things just to hear Himself speak. He's forgotten. Now you forget it and receive His love. Amen? Amen. I'm just confused, Pastor. I mean, I hear all of these things. I read this and this guy interprets it that way. You interpret it this way. I'm just confused. Then throw it on top of that. Lord knows that our our young people have to be confused. With all of the things that we say and we try to teach them in our homes, we teach them in churches, Sunday school, youth nights, I mean, all of the things that we try to teach them, but then they're living in this world that's saying something totally different. Can you imagine the confusion? But what about if you're a Christian? I'm talking to Christians now. And you've been a Christian maybe for a little while now. And again, you're confused because this shouldn't be happening like this, should it? I mean, I've prayed for X years, fill in the blank. And I still haven't gotten the answer. You may not have gotten the answer that you expected. But remember, just remember, if God is God, which we know He is, but if He is your God, let's say it that way, if God is your God, then you're just going to trust Him. And if you haven't gotten it yet, And if you wait and you still don't get it, trust Him. Trust Him. Trust Him. Trust Him. Just, just wait. Feeling discouraged because I've waited or because certain people have let me down, because I've, you know, I had people who were close to me or I had people... I've, I've had people tell so many negative things about me, or I've had people lie on me. Yeah, join the club. Uh, I've had, you know, this person, that person abandoned me, this per- that person, whatever. That's it. People. People. Love people. Love people. Love them. Love your enemy, but don't worship them. Don't try to please them before pleasing God. Amen? I want to just share something with you, and I'm, I'm, I'm closing. Recently, I've had someone say something to me regarding their, their circumstance and situation, a Christian. And, I, and this isn't the only person that has expressed some of these things to me. Being depressed, you know, just things aren't working out uh, the way that they wanted them or planned them or how they think they should be working out. And they want certain things in their lives. And so, I, I can't say that I've got this nailed, but I'm just going to say, I really felt nudge of Holy Spirit to say this, and, and I needed to hear it too. I think we all need to make sure that we understand this. For all of these things that we pray for, and all of these things that we think we need or we'd like, 
could it be that God is not giving them to us because we think that we need those things more than God? See, are we depending on those things to fulfill us and to make us happy, to bring us joy? And God already knows that that's not what's missing. So can I say that maybe um, if we're experiencing a little bit of disappointment, a little bit of depression, our expectations haven't been met. So maybe that's because our expectations are not right. See, remember remember what God told Abraham. I am your shield and I am your reward. Remember that? I am your shield and I am your reward. So we got we to gotta know that God, God is the one that is our goal. God, all our expectation is in Him. Now I'm, gonna sit, I'm not going to stand here and, and say to you, young people, older people, and meeting people like me, that it's wrong for you to desire some things. You should desire spiritual gifts. Paul said it. Desire spiritual gifts. Do you desire spiritual gifts more than you desire things of this world? There's, there's a question you need to ask yourself. You're praying for some of these things that you think you want and need and which may be in and of themselves not bad. But are you giving the same attention to the spiritual gifts and to the things of God? Are you praying that God would bless you with spiritual gifts? Are you praying that God would, would bless you with an ability to love your enemy? because He's called you to do so and you know you can't? Are you praying for God to give you an ability to forgive like He forgives? Come on. Are you praying for God to bless you with wisdom? See, so, watch. I'm not trying to to bring condemnation on anyone. No. But let's look at this. Nothing is impossible with God. So if we're praying for things, if we're expecting things or even if we don't expect it because we think that we're not worthy. Nothing is impossible with God. Keep God first, and those things that you think are impossible will become possible. Amen? Amen. Amen. Stand with me, please. Praise team can come up. I don't know. uh, Set a fire. Is that on there? Is that one of them? Yeah, let's do that. Listen, as we sing this song, as they're getting it ready, as everybody gets ready, can I get you to meditate on one thing? Think about one thing with me. As we're singing this song, the reason why I want this, God, listen, David said, renew a right spirit in me. Didn't he say that? Okay. Don't take your spirit from me. Renew a right spirit in me. Okay, I, 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 when I think of fire, the first thing I think of is Holy Spirit, right? So Holy Spirit, set, set a fire. God, we're, I want to ask God to set a fire down in my soul, right? I want the things, listen, any of the negativity that I've went ahead and I settled for, any of the thoughts or any of these things that I've harbored, any of the depression, any of the things that would, the disappointments, and some of these thoughts that I still have, Holy Spirit, burn that, set a fire, burn away all of the dross and now give me a new mind clean me clean me make me whole plant some seeds the word that you've just given to me 
Father, that's our prayer. Lord, please, Lord, anyone under the sound of my voice, Father, as we go into this song, Father, please, Holy Spirit, have full access. When you do set a fire down in our souls, Father, burn away all of the negativity. Burn away the impurity. Lord, help us to be pure. You've called us to be holy. You've called us to be pure. But Lord, we can't do that on our own. So we're, Father, we're yielding ourselves to you. Father, help us to be pure. Help us to be holy. And all of those things that we've hung on to, Father, help us to give them up right now. Burn them away from us. Father, forgive us for the thoughts that we've had. Father, forgive us, forgive us for the presumptuous sin. Father, forgive us for those things that we've lied and made excuses for. Father, in Jesus' name, strengthen us with your Holy Spirit. A fresh wind, a fresh fire. Make us more determined, Lord, than we've ever been to walk according to your word. Lord, strengthen us and give us a new walk. Father, when we walk out of here today, let there be a glide in our stride. Lord, let there be a pep in the step that we didn't have when we came in today because we've had an encounter with you. So Lord, Lord, please, set a fire down in our soul. Amen? Amen. Amen.